welcome to this bonus episode of the Higher Ed Geek Podcast, episode number 90 with Bill Zimmerman. Really appreciate this uh, fun chat, uh, very enlightening, and just a lot of great energy. Um, for, uh, just hearing about Bill's uh, perspective as he's come into the higher ed world uh, in a teaching role, a faculty role, kind of uh, moved his way up there and really has found uh, such a great calling and kind of a, a great purpose working with his students and giving them relevant experiences through all his various kind of uh, side projects and hobbies and stuff. So uh, just really great fit. Just love hearing how, uh, you know, especially in Bill's instance, like anytime anyone's hobbies are really uh, positively contributing to their life. And then in this instance, helping to really uh, give meaningful experience to uh, students as they are figuring out their career goals and everything. So uh, really appreciate Bill's time here and all that he shared. Uh, and without further ado, this is episode number 90 with Bill Zimmerman. Cool. Well, I think, yeah, we can go ahead and dive right in. And uh, yeah, so we'll, we'll start out here uh, as we always do. I really appreciate, you know, you're, you're reaching out and making the time, being uh, willing to hang out and talk about uh, your journey and, um, you know, everything else, you know, we have on the docket here. But um, yeah, we'll start out with, as we always do, if you wanted to give a brief introduction of who you are and your professional journey of how you got to be where you are today. Yeah, no problem. My name is Bill Zimmerman. I'm a lecturer in the Department of Advertising and Public Relations in the Donald P. Belisario College of Communications at Penn State. And yes, my my journey to my to my current position as a faculty member was was long and, and winding. Uh, but I will say, you know, teaching is has been the best job in my of my life by far. I've never felt more creatively alive. So I'm in a, in a good space professionally right now. So it's really fun to talk about this sort of stuff. I, uh, so professionally, things kind of started off going to Indiana University of Pennsylvania and getting a journalism degree there. I started uh, after that working at a the local newspaper right in that town for about almost 10 years and then came to Penn State's uh, University Park campus to work in their public relations office, mainly as an editor and writer for the Penn State News website, which was kind of this repository for all news related to the university, including in news coming from um, our campuses across the state. You know, pretty quickly working at Penn State, you know, this place gets in your blood. You bleed blue and white pretty quickly. You drink the Kool-Aid, whatever you want to call it. Um, mm -hmm. I really realized that working at a university was a pretty awesome gig. Um, being on a, a nice green campus and just uh, being around so many people trying to better themselves. I love that energy. Um, and one of the things that I did to try to keep that in my life was get a master's degree in higher education. Um, and when I started that, my mission was really just to get a, high, uh, a degree, a master's degree, but didn't really know um, what I was going to, how I was going to focus that. You know, the Penn State has a very generous um, tuition discount for employees. I wanted to take advantage of it. Um, so I got into higher, the higher education program, a very practical graduate program, thinking, you know, um, could go into advising, uh, lobbying, um, could just become a, a better uh, educated campus communicator. Uh, there were so many different ways, uh, you know, uh, fundraising, there were all these different avenues that seemed attractive. And when I got in that program, I found it to be very flexible and I was able to take it in different directions. And eventually I took it into, you know, learning as much as I could about teaching at a college level. Um, so as I continued to work in Penn State's Office of Strategic Communications, I eventually became their social media manager um, using all the um, 
various social media tools to help get out university messaging. And I also had the great opportunity to teach a journalism class as an adjunct. Uh, there's a, a class called News Writing and Reporting that almost all communication students need to take. Um, so there's a lot of sections of that class to fill, and the college fills it often with uh, working professionals or people at the university who had journalism experience. And when I taught that class, I really realized that uh, teaching was the, the avenue that, that, that I wanted to take, um, that that's where it's, where, where it's at. It started to feel a little bit like a calling and I kind of made it my mission to get a full-time teaching position. Um, once, once I got my, my master's degree and, and, and I almost, you know, tried to kind of speak it into existence. I would tell anyone who would listen oh. that my, my mission was to, uh, to teach, uh, in higher education. And, uh, so I got my degree in fall of 2016 and eventually was able to get, um, a full-time position in the college of, of communications where I was teaching, um, as an adjunct and, uh, you know, the kind of the rest is history. I've been teaching now full-time since fall of 2017. Um, and it's been a, been an absolute blast. Yeah, that's great. And I guess it's interesting, um, you kind of coming up, I think, because uh, I think the sort of sad truth is, I guess that's coming to mind is like, a lot of people uh, who become faculty um, at institutions don't have the sort of level of sort of formal uh uh, teaching about teaching, you know, like they just are like, Oh, I know so much about this thing. You know, obviously I can, you know, kind of uh, distill that knowledge to other people, but, um, I think, you know, they can certainly get a lot better over time. But the fact that you kind of, you know, perhaps came in with a little bit more of a student centered point of view, um, through your masters, but just seeing that like, you know, the, uh, teaching role was what called out to you more so than, um, some of those other things that you mentioned. Um, so yeah, that, that was just like really fascinating. Cause I guess, um, I'll kind of jump around questions a little bit because this seems yeah, like it kind of makes the sense of like, you know, so this experience that you've had teaching, like what has been like the most exciting and kind of engaging part of that for you since it, you know, certainly was not what you thought, I guess you were doing or you might be doing initially or, you know, you do the alumni relations or fundraising, you know, like those sort of yeah. things like teaching would seem quite different than that. But what has been so like uh, meaning for you for, you know, through that experience? Yeah, sure. You know, and, and yeah, I, I feel like I'm a, a much better instructor thanks to the professional experiences that I've had. And also, you know, because of that, that professional life that I had had before becoming a teacher, it was really important for me to, to keep learning, you know, and the, as the old adage goes, those who can't teach, you know, and I did not want that to apply to me. I didn't want to seem disconnected from what was happening, uh, in the professional world. So, it, you know, it was kind of a mission of mine to, to keep learning, keep staying active. Uh, I launched my own podcast, you know, that during that, uh, I think during my second semester of teaching, because I wanted to set an example for my students of trying new things, of, you know, making content. And I wanted to be able to draw from experiences like that to bring into the classroom as well. And, you know, and teaching can, um, can certainly be tough. Lots of challenges. It can be an emotional roller co roller coaster. There are days that you feel like you are a super teacher and you just leave the classroom walking on air. And there are other days you feel like a fraud um, and you're you're a million years old and there's no way you're ever going to connect with with today's college students. Mm -hmm. So there are there are ups and downs. And, and I say you really you, you should never get too high and you should never get too low in the job. But I think for me it was just you know the, there's an excitement of of dealing with college students. Um, 
Now, obviously, they have had challenges in, in their lives, but but I do like to say that they haven't been punched in the face quite yet by by life. And what I mean is, you know, professional disappointments and things that really kind of erode our confidence. Um, so they still seem optimistic and excited about what the future holds. And it's, there's something great about being around so many people like that. Um, so mm-hmm. I liked drawing off that energy. I like the how dynamic the communications field can be. There's always things happening. It doesn't feel stale. I do not have to work very hard to help my students realize that what we are doing has um, real real world implications. This is not one of those classes where students are saying, well, when am I going to ever use this? Um, I teach a class called Digital PR. It talks a lot about social media and emerging technologies, uh, taught a, a PR writing course, you know, a social media strategies course. You know, I'm going to do a freshman seminar course in the in the fall on the power of podcasting. So mm-hmm. I'm able to be very current, um, be able to include a lot of real world case studies, um, bringing in guest speakers who are who are in the trenches. Um, so I think that's one of the great things. I te- I'm fortunate enough to teach in a college that really uh, puts a value on having faculty with with practical experiences that they can draw from, and and I'm teaching in a field that's just so dynamic always changing and is, is really exciting. Yeah, that's awesome. And uh, yeah, I mean, uh, kudos for being able to, uh, uh, yeah, have sort of the, um, you know, the ability to teach uh, that seminar and podcasting is really exciting because it's obviously yeah, it's so such an interesting place. Yeah. yeah, like it's, yeah. you know, you know, an industry that's, you know, at this point of like maturity, you know, so I think it's, you know, having that discourse around it of like, you know, how it's, you know, grown over time and sort of where it's at now, where it's going. So it's like, it makes me think too of just like, um, other like industries that have been like booming, but they're hitting like an interesting point of maturity of like, like craft beer. Like that's, you know, it's like so established now, but it's also like in a weird transition because it's like, you know, kind of saturated and, you know, say podcasts are kind of the same, like there's so many podcasts. So it's like, how do you differentiate yourself? How do you monetize? Like, you know, just how that's kind of evolved and matured. And um, yeah, certainly uh, more than enough to fill, uh, you know, first year seminar course. It's super exciting for for you and for the students. Yeah. Um, So I guess then that, that kind of transitions well to kind of the other question of like, sort of your own college experience and I guess we can kind of expand it to like you know your practical uh, professional experience that you're bringing into uh, the classroom you know like your experience in journalism and everything so I guess if you want to talk a little bit more about that of like any of like sort of the um, the anecdotes that you bring or just maybe any like professional mentors or connections like what what did your sort of college experience and your sort of experience before you became uh you know, kind of really invested and enveloped in teaching in the higher ed world? Like, what do you feel like that still kind of gives you since like, certainly you're teaching about it, but um, I know some folks, it's like, you know, you majored in something as undergrad, but then you kind of pivoted and it's like, yeah, what am I doing with my, you know, history degree or whatever, you know, like it's, it, it could be perceived as like, you know, not relevant, but um, I'm guess like what comes to mind for you in terms of like your uh, college experience, early professional experiences, what, like what's still salient to you today? Yeah, sure. You know, in, in talking about going to, to undergrad, um, it's something I look back with, with mixed feelings. Sometimes I went to Indiana university of Pennsylvania. It's a, a state school and in, in uh, Western Pennsylvania, about 14,000 students. And for me, where I grew up, if you went to college you either went to IUP or you went to University of Pittsburgh at Johnstown. Pretty much those were the two. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, and that kind of, speaking generalities there, but for the most part. So for me, going to that school was very much kind of a 13th grade experience. Um, And I also commuted my first two years. I lived with my parents and I wish I would have done those things differently. I think I kind of stunted my own personal growth by just living at home for those first two years. And I wish I would have really pushed myself more. Um, and then maybe, maybe even pursued a college, you know, out of, 
away from my hometown or out of state or whatever, you know, I, and even though IEP was a fine school, I, I do wish that I had pushed myself a little bit more because I think it would have called, come out of college um, with better confidence and, and more experiences that could kind of shape my worldview and my own confidence in myself and what I could accomplish. But during my time at IUP, I was lucky enough to come in contact with some fantastic faculty members. Um, and, you know, this is what, you know, good, good faculty do. They help students see themselves in ways that maybe they never thought of themselves. And for me, that was um, faculty members like uh, John Ellerbach, Bernie Ankney, and um, uh, Randy Jessick, uh, who guys that would, you know, uh, say, you know, hey, I could actually see you teaching this someday. And it's like, wow, really, you know, me, um, you know, and then somebody saying, you know, you're going to be something someday. And, and it was, that was, that sort of thing was amazing to hear um, because I did, I was a first generation college student. So I didn't really come to school with, with, you know, brimming with confidence or brimming with optimism about what, what the future was holding. I just kind of felt like I got good grades in high school and, and, and then, you know, the, what's expected of me is to go to IUP, you know, mm. and so having faculty members who could really start to, you know, kind of twist my uh, my way of thinking a little bit and actually getting me thinking about wow you know there, there's some certain things I could do in the future that could be could be pretty big um, so for me that was that was that was fantastic and I'm, and I'm really thankful for that although sometimes I do wish I just would have challenged myself in more ways to to be more uncomfortable you know during those those formative years uh, in, my, in my first job as a newspaper too, a newspaper reporter, as you can imagine, working in, in, a, in a newspaper starting in 2003, you know, it was a, not a good time for the news business. Um, it was, you know, very low pay, not very good prospects for advancement, but it was an excellent job in getting me to learn a little about a lot of things. Um, and it also made me a better writer. Uh, it, got, it made me a morning person. This was a, an afternoon new, newspaper, so I was starting at five fifteen a.m. Um, for several wow. years as the wire editor, um, looking for you know wire copy to fill in the gaps in our newspaper. Um, so that made me a, a person who could get up, be excited to greet the day. Um, that carried over when I when I came to Penn State, and I would you know get up at five thirty and do my uh, my graduate school work in the morning before work. Um, so it did help me develop some some good habits. Uh, and I think, you know, I'm just, I'm really realizing just how, how important those, those writing skills uh, were and just how, uh, you know, it's, I still enjoy, you know, when an idea comes to, to sit down and try to write a blog post, uh, you know, putting those skills to writing a good podcast episode description or writing better social media posts. Um, I'm still trying to, in my classes, stress the importance of good writing. Because, yeah, I mean, there's so many yeah like avenues like that of just sort of like where you're going to be utilizing it so certainly still important even though some folks uh, probably would be like oh it's not as important it's like no yeah i mean like write a good copy you know on a website on a blog you know any of these things if you're trying to like especially compel somebody to take some sort of action or you know uh get somebody to make a download of your show that sort of thing um definitely very important yeah exactly and just writing a good memo to to your boss you know there's, mm -hmm. there's so much power mm -hmm. there when if you can do a good job of articulating your idea then maybe that's you get to try something new because you you stated it so well yeah um well and, it, and it's also just like good i think for for anybody you know if you sort of um you know be really like reflective on your own experience of you know acknowledging the positives but also like knowing like well you know if i were to do it differently i you know i uh, would have tried these other things like because i think you can you know uh I guess just have a very like leveled kind of uh, point of view, you know, when you're talking with somebody about, you know, their options and that sort of thing, like it, you'd be like, well, you know, I did it this way and that was like, you know, fine or whatever, you know, like you kind of are sort of 
I don't know, like you kind of have tunnel vision, but you're like you're at least just like aware enough and reflective enough about your experience to understand like, you know, the way you did it is not the way that everybody else has to do it or, you know, the only way um, and those sort of things. So it just feels, uh, yeah, it's always good to kind of reflect in that way. And um, exactly. Yeah. Recognize, recognize all those positives you have, like uh, the experience that you did have, um, not just because I guess the inverse of that too would be like, just like overly focusing on like what you didn't have and kind of, you know, uh, just like sitting with that, you know, like it would just sort of like, uh, you know, uh, cause like frustration or something. But um, yeah, it's so easy to look back and be like, I wish I would have done this. And and something I've been trying to do more is look back and think, boy, I'm happy I did that, you know, <laughs> during, during that uh -huh. time. But boy, you know, I'm, I'm really fortunate that I took this step or I talked to this person. Um, so I'm trying to kind of reframe the way I, I look back on things. Yeah. And just uh, like make the most of what you have kind of thing, you know, exactly. it's uh, um, definitely, definitely a good adage there. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, you mentioned like you, you've been, you know, working on your own podcast and you're always sort of like thinking of ideas and things to share. So, you know, this is kind of like the very open-ended, uh, big question, however you want to take it, but just like, what are you geeking out about right now? If it's stuff related to, you know, digital communications or your podcast or, um, other just general hobbies and stuff that you have that you have, you know, you're interested in, um, what are the things that are grabbing your attention right now? Yeah, I could definitely go long on this. And uh, yeah, I, I, I love the the title for this. And, and I was just thinking really the other day that in today's day and age, if you are not getting really geeky about something, if you aren't going really deep into some kind of arcane or just, you know, a weird right. hobby, you're really missing out because... <laughs> In the digital age, it's so easy to find your tribe, to find podcasts and YouTube videos and blog posts that just kind of uh, uh, fill that need and scratch that itch. You know, yeah, get get geeky about something. And for me, there's there's there are there are lots of things. Uh, the podcast is something I'm really excited about. It's called Happy Valley Hustle, and I, I tell stories of entrepreneurship and side hustlers and people who are using the digital age uh, to work for them. And really, what that's all about is just I'm really I get really geeky hearing about stories of how people are blazing their own path. You know, right now, um, you know there there are options that that the digital age affords us. The chance that uh, you may not get rich becoming a YouTuber, but maybe you scratch some creative itch, and maybe eventually that becomes something that maybe makes a little bit of ad revenue, and that's vacation money there or or whatever. Um, that mm -hmm. there are ways for us to be creative and make stuff. So I I never get tired of hearing stories of how people are kind of uh, taking their ideas and making them a reality, whether that's um, you know risking it all and starting their own business or just doing a side hustle in, in, in the hour, a few hours in the evening when their kids go to bed. Um, I love hearing those stories. I love, you know, because they fill me with excitement and optimism that there are, that I can always keep trying new things, that there's always these sidelines that I can explore you know, and that, that life can be dynamic and exciting. So that's, that's the, the big one, you know, right there. Uh, you know, and also, you know, there's some of my weird things that I'm into. I like professional wrestling. That is a, uh, a guilty pleasure of mine. I think it's fascinating. I love the behind the scenes intrigue. I get a kick out of the storylines that, that, that are, that have come out on television. And you talk about something where you can go tremendously deep on that. There are, some of, the, some of the most popular podcasts right now are professional wrestling podcasts. There are YouTube channels, there are streaming channels, and, th and there are books right now, biographies. And so that's just an example of how one, one subculture that you can just go so deep into it and become such a geek about it. Um, and I think that sort of thing is just is so much fun. Um, I'm an avid thrifter, love going to thrift stores, love going to yard sales, garage Very sales, cool. um, mm -hmm. actually sell stuff on Etsy. 
uh, I call it cool school vintage. And, uh, and I have an Instagram for that too. So that's just, that's again, getting those kind of, uh, you know, uh, reps in doing this sort of thing, trying to promote things on social media. I, yeah, I'm, a, I'm not building it an insanely large and engaged audience, um, but I'm doing this stuff. I'm doing the things that I talk about in class. Um, so for me, that's really exciting. I, you know, I, I'm, I'm pushing 40. So as I get older, I get more and more nostalgic. So for me, it's fun to find some of these, these clothes and shoes that I wish I had as a kid um, and to find stuff and sell it to people and help them get that little rush of, of nostalgia that, that I, I call it uh, wrapping themselves up in the warm embrace of nostalgia. Uh, mm. I like doing that sort of thing. So yeah, my, my big message today is just go geeky into something. Um, don't be worried about any stares that you may get um, because when you find those people who also share your geeky interests, it can be really, uh, really exciting and enlivening. Yes, absolutely. Um, is, yeah. And I think, um, kind of what you're alluding to, I guess a little bit too, is like, uh, like some of these things are, you know, genuinely, you know, what you're genuinely interested in, but also kind of give you an excuse to like play around with these tools and stuff, which you would then be able to like, you know, teach about it better and those sort of things. Like I'll, yeah. I'll tend to kind of, uh, do that sometimes as well of like, you know, stuff with like, yeah, social media or, you know, like blog writing or podcasting, or whatever. I'm just like, you know, playing around with the tool and be like, yeah, I know like there's this thing that does this and, you know, and it's just like an excuse to learn a little bit more about it. But, um, sets such a good example of just like, you can dabble in things. You're not going to break anything, you know, you dabble in it. If it doesn't, if it's not for you, that's okay. But yeah, keep trying new things. Keep trying new platforms. Be willing to, to fail at things or, you know, be crappy at something at first. You know, I think there, there's a, there's a lot to learn from those experiences. Well, and I think too, like, cause I, I do sort of, uh, sort of align myself with the kind of divergence of like being geeky or nerdy and the idea of being geeky, which it, I think that uh, we share is the sort of like, uh, sort of, you kind of dabble, like, you know, to use that word, like in a lot of different things versus like being nerdy where it's like, Oh, I'm all in on like one thing and I know everything about it versus like, yeah, you know, I'll read up or like watch something or read something about something that's completely new to me and get a little baseline knowledge. So like if I'm having a conversation, you know, I might be able to kind of just have a little bit of context and then just like, be genuinely interested in learning more if somebody is, you know, especially if they're really excited about it and just wanting to kind of, you know, reciprocate that uh, uh, energy and uh, that sort of thing. But um, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, with like uh, uh, yeah, professional wrestling because it's like that still is going on. It's been going on for so long in that yeah, like there's like so much lore uh, around it now of like you know the behind the scenes stories are just sort of uh, you know how it all gets uh, gets made. But yeah, it's um, funny people be like, yeah, professional wrestling like Hulk Hogan, and it's like you know, that was in the '80s, and it just shows you that there can be these. It's so amazing now in, in our digital age, there can be this this these subcultures with rabid followings that are just totally off your radar. And I think we see that now with, with influencers and content creators who have millions and millions of subscribers and large parts of the population have never even heard of this person. So it's fascinating mm -hmm. now that, um, you know, where in the past you would have had to maybe have a hit movie or a platinum selling album, you know, to, uh, to become a celebrity. Um, now that that's not, not the only way. And, and I think it's, it's interesting too today it's when you're speaking to being geeky, um, you're seeing more and more talk, you know, more and more studies talking about the power of being a, a generalist, uh, you know, and how, you know, there's times where maybe it would be the, the knock was, you know, jack of all trades, master of none. Um, now, you know, we're seeing with, with the amount of technology and different tools that are at our fingertips um, that there can be, there's power in dabbling and having a little bit of a, you know, a um, skill in a lot of different things. Cause yeah, I mean like so much is changing. So I think if you over, overly kind of invest or specialize in like one thing, it could end up being 
less relevant or less useful or um, that sort of thing. Like, but yeah, like it just, I don't know. I'm sure it's, it's still kind of a probably competing schools of thought on that, but I definitely agree. Like being somewhat generalist, like being able to, uh, you know, leverage different skills and experiences and stuff is, is helpful. Um, but because uh, I guess like in that, you know, just still talking about kind of your, your different hobbies and stuff here, um, like with podcasting, I'm curious because like, it's definitely something like I talked to a lot of people about it all the time of like starting their own shows and that sort of thing. And like, you know, there's definitely a way to do it. Like you're talking about with like, you know, your Instagram and Etsy and, you know, if you're jumping on YouTube or something, like you can get into that, like pretty, like it's low threshold. Like they certainly want to encourage as many people to create content as possible for the platforms and stuff. And, you know, if you're just investing in it minimally, you know, you, anything you get out of it, you know, that's just kind of pure, you know, profit. So like kind of balancing that of not going too, I guess, specialized, not, like don't going too all in on, on one thing and expecting to, yeah, like be a millionaire. Um, Cause yeah, like that happens with the blog and the podcast, you know, I will sometimes just get, you know, some support and even just a little bit, like keeps the lights on, gets a little bit more money in my pocket. Yeah. Like vacation money, coffee money, whatever, you know? Um, yeah. But like for you with podcasts, like, do you, did you have any experience like getting into audio and stuff before you did that? Like what interested you in doing that in particular? I did college radio a little bit and uh, had fun with that. Uh, had a hip hop show called the underground that I, that I got to do. That was a, a good time, but, but really what, what kind of got me into the podcasting was as a journalist, I enjoyed interviewing people one-on-one. Um, I'm not a, a social butterfly. I'm not great in group conversations, but I feel like if you sit me down with someone, I can establish a rapport pretty quickly. So I felt like a podcast was a way to, to, to continue that. So that's what really drew me, um, to doing a podcast. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of power in doing it. And I, and I tell anyone that's kind of thinking about this is you may have to recalibrate your, um, your idea of what success is. I think on the surface level, we think it's going to be building, you know, getting an incredible, uh, building a big listenership, uh, maybe getting, you know, sponsorship opportunities. Um, and if you measure success in podcasting in those two ways, you're probably going to be disappointed pretty quickly, be demoralized. Um, and you know, I've been doing this for two and a half years now and I'm still, you know, I still take blows to my ego when, when a show doesn't get as many listens as I think it should, or when a guest doesn't share an appearance on their own social media platforms. But for me, the measurement of success has been opportunities, um, the opportunities to talk to cool people, um, to get to talk to cool people like you, to, to get to put a spotlight on the cool people I already Mm. know, um, and give them a platform platform through my own podcast. Um, so I'm constantly learning and this has also created opportunities, you know, as, as word gets out that Bill Zimmerman in the college of communications does a podcast. Um, I get invited to talk to classes, get invited to moderate and do, and talk to, um, and lead discussions at events that we do like startup week and global entrepreneurship week. So in that regard, this has been a tremendous success uh, from a personal branding standpoint and for um, in regards to me learning from a lot of other people. Um, and, you know, and it's like you're talking about, I'm getting experience in things like, you know, uh, trying to build an, an email list. Um, and maybe that becomes an email marketing list in the future. If I think of, a, you know, selling some sort of a course or, you know, ebook or something like that. Um, so I'm getting experience doing that sort of thing. I'm promoting these episodes through various social media platforms. I'm getting a, a working knowledge of, you know, some audio editing platforms and that sort of thing. So, yeah, I think you just like any anyone who, who wants to set out and be a content creator, um, think more broadly about what what is meant by success. Absolutely. Um, Cause I think like you have to have that compelling reason that, that you're doing it for yourself to 
kind of fall in love with the process and keep doing, you know, because if you are like chasing, you know, dollar signs and all that, like purely, like that is the only thing that you care about out of doing some sort of content creation, then, uh, you know, yeah, you're going to hit those frustrating points and just be like, oh, what's the point? I'm just going to, you know, give it up. Um, but yeah, it's like, similarly, yeah, it's like, I just love having good conversations. It builds my uh, conversational skills and I learn something from the episodes. So I know other people do. And just like, yeah, putting yourself out there, distinguishing yourself. Cause like, yeah, nowadays it's like, at least probably like, you know, once a month or something, something's just like, Hey, like, can I ask you a question about podcasting or whatever? You know, like, you know, just like just these random people who like, you know, find me on, uh, you know, LinkedIn or somewhere. So, you know, it's just really nice that like I can, you know, uh, give other people the benefit of my experience and knowledge to help them on this journey of, you know, putting themselves out there and that sort of thing. And, um, yeah, so really interesting. Yeah, great message there. Contact content creators. You know, they are happy to talk about this sort of thing. And and like you said, yeah, it is very gratifying when somebody asks for my advice on something. Um, I've had several, you know, sit down you know, over coffee talking about this sort of thing. Uh, I just emailed um, Jordan Harbinger the other day, a very popular podcaster, and he got back to me. And I was like, this is amazing. You know, uh, just asking him a question about something. And, and you know, so yeah, if you, if you have content creators that you really like, you enjoy their stuff, um, reach out to them, tell them how much you appreciate it and ask them questions. I'm sure they will help you out because they have um, all dealt with those frustrations um, that, that you're probably dealing with. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, those have been like cool moments of like the reach guests uh, that I've had on my show. And like, I, I feel like, uh, yeah, it's like just uh, 30 minutes of someone time, you know, to record, like it's, you know, a pretty easy ask, you know, like it's not a whole lot of their time. And, you know, if you, uh, yeah, just doing the right way. And that, you know, that can just be something you kind of get better at over time. But, um, yeah, those have been some, some pretty cool moments, but, um, so I guess then, um, you know, I think you've kind of alluded to some of the things that, um, you know, uh, that you've kind of been maybe like listening to and all that, but always just like hearing from people, you know, sort of the, uh, quote unquote, maybe like homework, uh, afterwards, some, uh, recommended listening and, uh, you know, reading and all that kind of good stuff. So anything that you'd want to give a tip of the hat to, uh, that you are reading, watching, listening to, uh, that we can put down in the show notes. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to approach this with the same kind of split that I do when I, with my personal reading, I usually have one book that's professionally focused, you know, self-help business, that sort of thing. And another one that's more for strictly enjoyment. Um, so I'll start up with the more professionally focused ones. Um, I'm a big fan of, of Donald Miller, who created this uh, the, kind of the, the story brand empire of his. Um, he has a really great podcast, Building a Story Brand. And, and also, uh, I just read the book that he had written uh, a few years back on that. And uh, he's just, uh, he makes, mar- is his lo- slogan is marketing made simple. Um, and I just really like his vibe. You know, it's it's a, it's something that an entre- any, any entrepreneur or someone trying to establish uh, their personal brand can grasp uh, the idea, you know, is that, um, you know, in the customer story, you are not the hero, you are the guide, make, you know, allowing them to be the hero. So it's really kind of a new way of thinking about, you know, advertising, marketing, public relations. Um, so his stuff really, really connects with me. So and I, and I see my summers for me is about you know, being a student. So, you know, I'm reading his stuff. I'm listening to his podcast. Um, I'm reading the, all the books I can find about social media marketing, um, about podcasting. So that's, that's really kind of where, where my mind is at there. Um, and when it comes for, to escapism, you know, uh, professional wrestling, going back to that reading biographies, you wouldn't imagine the crazy lives that these, these wrestlers have lived. And, uh, and along with that, uh, vice just had a fantastic documentary series called dark side of the ring, um, that just wrapped, wrapped up recently. That was just fantastic. Um, and I will say you do not have to be, a, you know, a, 
a professional wrestling uh, wacko like me to enjoy it. Uh, and, and I'm also a big fan of this podcast called Crime and Sports. It's led by uh, two comedians out of Arizona um, telling stories of criminal athletes. Uh, it's just another just really fun listen. So my, my, my advice to everyone, have some balance there uh, because you don't want to always be living in that space of taking others advice and, and assuming that there's all these things that you have to fix about yourself. Um, so I think it's nice to keep improving, but also, you know, please take a break from it sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Because, yeah, I think it's really like there's just so much great content out there. So like keeping a pretty diverse diet of, uh, you know, yeah, I'll listen to like some news podcast, watch a documentary, but then also just have like, you know, rewatch an old favorite like some old show or yeah, something yeah watch the watch several episodes of the exactly, office exactly. End your day. yeah for um, sure but then yeah like getting into new like sci-fi or like you know some other random thing and like i play a lot of video games so they're kind of telling their own story and you know those sort of things so um yeah good to keep that balance. yeah get lost in something sometime yeah, yeah i mean because i think um certainly now like we're kind of getting the fire hose of like news that's happening you know like there's always something new to be talking about and all that so it's like do a little bit of that a little bit of like yeah maybe like business self-help which i have you know uh, partake in that a bit and then uh yeah just the pure escapism i think that's a good little uh formula there um but as we wrap up i mean i always like to end things on an optimistic note certainly we could use a little bit of that right now just like uh what you're optimistic about uh for um you know, yourself, like the, your job, life, uh, and or the world. Can ever you want to take this of what, what you're looking forward to um, that you'd want to share? Yeah. And I think, I think one thing is, is right now it's um, trying to be okay with kind of uh, feeling both a mix of optimism and dread right now about things. And I think that's, you know, uh, it's, I think we're all kind of going back and forth there. But I think what ultimately makes me optimistic is that, you know, um, we're, we're seeing examples of these challenges bringing out creativity in people. Um, and I, and my hope is that, you know, this, the, the conversations we're having um, will bring more equitable, you know, systems um, out there. So my hope is that, you know, we're seeing more and more people finding their voice, you know, and, and especially younger people. And I think, you know, that, that means that they're going to be um, probably more confident and, and more effective working professionals. I think there's a lot of power in that. Um, you know, and I think it just, it's just so exciting to just keep seeing um, the content creation opportunities, the, the things that people can do to launch side hustles, uh, you know, to just be a little that we can in, introduce entrepreneurship in our lives in just tiny, tiny bits. Um, and just how exciting and empowering it can be doing that. So, you know, that, that can, technology will continue to come out and give us opportunities, um, I think is super exciting. You know, uh, my students, you know, uh, make me hopeful. They, they're, they're doing a lot of cool things. Uh, they've done, you know, uh, have overcome challenges. Uh, they have the right attitude you know, and they're, they're incredibly ambitious, you know, in, in my day, it was great if you did an internship, you know, in your, before your senior year, and now students are doing internships, you know, practically every summer. Um, so, so their grind is, is really inspiring. Um, and I was thinking the other day, you know, if I'm not jealous of my students' jobs and internships, um, then I'm doing something wrong. And I am constantly <laughs> jealous of the opportunities that they're getting in the professional world. Um, the big jobs that I, you know, uh, with, with big media companies and stuff that I would have loved to have gotten out, out of college, but didn't really know how to, how to get there. Um, so the students, you know, the vision that they're showing at this age is very exciting too. students who know exactly, I want to work for this company. Um, and I'm, I'm going to get this internship and do this. And I'm going to talk to this person and I'm going to make it happen. And when you see people execute a vision like that, it's, it's really inspiring. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, yeah. Cause I think it, it uh, yeah, so much, um, 
like there's so much opportunity out there. Like when you're a student, um, to sort of have an excuse to be like, Hey, I want to like be, you know, an intern. And, you know, a lot of companies have like established programs and sometimes it's like, yeah, I mean, you know, I got some stuff that you can help out around, you know, with around here and sort of just observe and, you know, uh, meet with people and that sort of thing. So, um, yeah, it is fascinating to see how like, it's like, no, yeah, you got to do that like every year and maybe like with the same company every summer or different ones. And, you know, you have a lot of diverse experiences and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, such, you know, it's such a weird time because yeah, like you said, like equal parts dread and optimism, like I'm just a, you know, habitual optimist. So, you know, I try to kind of take solace in the fact of, you know, as bad as things are right now, there are those people committed to working to make it better. So, you know, doing what I can to amplify their voices and, you know, support their organizations and those sort of things. So, um, cause yeah, it's just, uh, be easy to kind of get sucked into that, uh, you know, the black hole of dread and just sort of like, you know, rolling your eyes so much they get stuck in the back of your head. Cause it's just like, I cannot believe that this <laughs> is happening. You know, like it's like, okay, yes, feel that because like, don't, normalize it but also like try to kind of find the silver linings and take the energy that you have to work in whatever way that you can you know like use what you have whatever way that you can um and uh, those sort of things so um yeah and it's you know uh and just reminds me too you know they've just uh there are so many opportunities available to, to students you know and I'm, I'm trying to always open their eyes to that sort of thing and you know that uh and one of those is, you know, contact, meet with your professors, meet with some professor that you never even had for a class. You would be surprised how willing people are at the university level to sit down with you and talk to you, whether that's career advice or if, if you're, you know, feeling that, you know, frustration, that that fearfulness maybe of, of things in, in the job market and that sort of stuff. Um, the vast majority of us are happy to sit down with you and talk. Um, and I just, you know, my message would be with any student to any students who are listening there, there's so many opportunities in school, take advantage of it at Penn state students have a, uh, access to the Adobe creative suite. Uh, they have a, you know, access to entrepreneurial assistance. We have a business accelerator called the launch box. You know, a student could go there and take their idea and get, um, if they're, they're accepted into the program, they could get $3,000 to help with, you know, customer discovery and could get mentored by, you know, entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. So really, you know, students need to, uh, you know, if you start opening your eyes and take advantage of these, some of these opportunities, um, and talk it out with your faculty members, um, things are going to start, things are going to look up and, and seem, and you're going to feel more optimistic about the future and feel more prepared to accept any challenges that may come down the road. Absolutely. And I'll put a cherry on top of that of just also like, cause I know it's been really helpful for me, like, or, you know, it was when, uh, especially when I was like an undergrad student of like, if you are that like hired professional or faculty, like also on the other side, like, try to like nudge people and be like, Hey, this, you know, this could be really good for you. And that, that's sort of like encouragement. Cause I think like yes. on both sides, like be open to welcoming it. If a student is coming to you to like help be that mentor, but also like, yeah, give the little nudge, give the little like tap on the shoulder, you know, the students like they're not even aware. And you're like, Hey, take a look at this. This could be really good for you. And they're like, Oh my God. Like, do you think this would be good for me? And it's like, yeah, like go for it. You know, like, um, yeah. I get like, yeah, I love those yeah. moments when you can share an internship, uh, or just a blog post or, or, a, you know, an online training and say, Hey, you know, you may want to check this out. Absolutely. Um, Awesome. Well, I appreciate uh, your time and all that you shared and we'll have ways to connect with you and all the work that you're doing and all the great stuff that you mentioned uh, down in the show notes as usual. But uh, yeah, thanks again so much for reaching out and connecting and for uh, hanging out for the show. Yeah, thanks a lot, Dustin. And yeah, keep celebrating this geeky lifestyle for because for me, it's really about uh, approaching life with enthusiasm, being interesting and being inquisitive. So I, I think you're doing great stuff. Oh, thank you so much. Yes, I will. I will never stop. This is who I am. Um, so uh, <laughs> yes, keep being geeky. Thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast. 
Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode of the Higher Ed Geek Podcast.